We will be reading from Luke 1. Luke 1 is found on page 1,587 in this Bible. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. The birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, his wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people.
Our text this morning is uh, from verse 21. We'll be looking at the whole passage, but verse 21, where it does specifically mention that the people were waiting. The people were waiting for Zechariah, and there's a sense of them waiting for the Lord, and, and we want to enter into that, that Advent sense of waiting. People of God, as we start our, our Advent season, we are, are going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke. We'll be taking the, the various Sundays, just the different parts of the Gospel of Luke. We'll be moving through the first two chapters and, and seeing, too, how that Christmas message speaks into the lives of people. So we start this morning with Luke chapter 1 and hear that initial little introduction where Luke is writing specifically an account of everything that happened in terms of God's work through Jesus, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. And he is writing that in a very careful way, and he's presenting it specifically to Theophilus, it says. Theo meaning God, Phyllis meaning friend, a friend of God, an actual person, but actually too, we too gathered as, as friends of God, people of God, to be encouraged by this message, by this word. And so this word of God comes to us through the gospel of Luke with beautiful encouragement and strengthening of our faith. So we begin this morning with the reading in relation to the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. When it says in Luke 1, verse 21, the people were waiting, the, the sense of wanting to enter into this story just to ask you, what are you waiting for? When it says the people are waiting, it, it's, it's all people are waiting. All of us are waiting. It's part of living, that there's a, an aspect of waiting. So the question, too, what are you waiting for? I know some families have it when, when the Christmas tree is up in the church, then you can put yours up in your house, not before. So there's, there's a sign answered right there. We are waiting for when we can start decorating. In our house, it was always uh, after December 14, because our son Stephen, his birthday is December 14. And then no Christmas stuff until his birthday. Then we would celebrate his birthday, and then we would switch Christmas stuff. So you wait for things, you plan things, you always a sense of waiting. I think this Christmas, if you have it where special people are coming to visit, and you can hardly wait. It's, it's going to be so good when they come, when you celebrate together. There's waiting in terms of, of, of people's living arrangements. I, I know with Peta and Jerry Dornenball, waiting for a space for Jerry that, that he can come again to be closer. And so there's a waiting always. Young people share with me at times too, waiting to get their driver's license. That's exciting. That's, that's something they anticipate. People often, too, are waiting to receive medical tests or waiting to receive results of medical tests. And all of that, all of that is just part of living, part of the human condition. 
Times of waiting can be frustrating. They can cause anxiety. They can cause uncertainty. But Luke says the people were waiting. They were waiting for many different things. But there is, there is a sense of, of hope in their waiting. The four Sundays before Christmas are traditionally called Advent Sundays. And Advent is a word that we don't use very often, but which has that sense of, of something is coming. Something is going to be working itself out. That's Advent. And so wait for it. Wait for God to work things out. We confess this morning that, that we don't really like waiting, that it is difficult, that it's something in our culture that ah, if we can just cut down on the waiting. And so, so we try to be efficient and quick with everything. Everything has to be figured out quickly. Everything has to be done speedily and efficiently. You make the call right away. You get someone on the phone. You get it taken care of. All of those aspects. If you have a question, you check online and you figure it out and you're ready to go. That constant push on the one hand makes it difficult to wait for things, to wait for others, and especially to wait for God. That, that becomes difficult. We don't, don't get the answer right away. We don't get the result right away. What is God doing? So Advent is a time of waiting for God. But to realize this morning, it, it is a very different kind of waiting. That's the point this morning. It's, it's a different kind of waiting. It ties into the Advent candle. It ties into the reading that was done here. There is a light, there is a, a sense of hope in Christian waiting. There is a sense of, of confidence and expectation because God is near. God is near. That's, that's right in our waiting, something we need to realize, understand, take hold of. God is near. So it's an altogether different kind of waiting. It's a, a confident, patient trusting that we look to God, we trust he will work things out according to his purposes and for his glory even in us. So this first Sunday of Advent, we enter into our waiting, waiting for Christmas. No matter what we are waiting for, with a confidence, with a hope of our faith, knowing God is near. God, by his Spirit, is preparing the way for us to receive all that we have hoped for. In Luke 1, there are several areas of waiting highlighted. The account draws, first of all, on these people in verse 21 who are waiting. And it's, a, it's a really a routine waiting for them. When the story talks about the events that take place, when we see here that uh, people gathered for a worship time. It's, uh, it's like our worship on a Sunday. 
they had though daily worship times and so this is a daily worship time in Jerusalem and the people are gathered and songs are sung and prayers are offered and, and the trumpets are blown and, and the scripture is read and then in the service like we had this morning the lighting of the candle there is in the service there the lighting of incense incense are placed on the altar and the people are waiting outside what are they doing did you notice in Luke 1 verse 10 it says that as that part of the service is taking place the time for the burning of the incense all the worshipers were praying outside they were praying while they were waiting they were praying that's understandable of course in the worship context but that's nice even generally that there is a, a taking of the waiting time the routine time for for a spiritual focus in this particular case uh, they were likely accustomed to things taking yeah five minutes or so the priest will end into the temple offered the incense uh, offered a prayer and then came out in this particular case there is the amazing conversation that Zechariah has with the angel now that's that's quite startling so no doubt Zechariah is wondering what and how and and so yeah that interrupts his his proceedings and then in response to his question he is suddenly unable to speak so that takes a little bit to now what what am I going to do now and so all of these things are, are worked out and meanwhile the people are waiting 5 10 15 20 minutes half an hour when they only expect it five minutes ten at the most so the people are waiting in prayer and at the end verse 22 when Zechariah does come out they realize something they realize that he had seen a vision that God had been working while they were waiting outside God had been working inside in the life of Zechariah and in in the whole situation of, of worship and his people God had been working so for us on just that basic level of, of routines of our lives we experience waiting in all kinds of ways that's just how days go life goes there's times we're just waiting what do you do do you become irritated do you become impatient do you get upset no you pause prayerfully what, what an unusual thing to do, actually. But, but what a beautiful thing to do. To receive times of waiting in our lives routinely to offer a prayer to God. Just to lift our hearts. Because every day we should walk with the Lord. Every day we should be in fellowship with Him. And a beautiful way to, to do that in God's economy. God doesn't waste a time of waiting God is working in different ways and our waiting is not beyond his working at all you can also uh, I challenge to the the young people to have a Bible on their phone 
They have their phone with them all the time. Do you have a Bible on your phone so that your waiting can become worshipful? That you can pause and, and take a moment to read a, a psalm or, or just reflect on, on even just a, a daily, daily time. There's beautiful opportunities in the waiting. And amazingly, too, then the stress and the anxiety and the uncertainty begins to fade. You are okay. God is with you. It will be fine. That, first of all, is just a nice sense of, of the people waiting and their response. Beautiful, prayerful response. In our text, it adds a second area, uh, personal waiting. And we find out in that respect, in relation to Zechariah and Elizabeth, that they have been waiting for a child. That becomes one of the central aspects of this account. They have been asking God for a child. Uh, and they have not received a child. And so they are waiting, waiting for a child. Now, that reality of, of just a personal concern, a personal struggle, it is difficult. It noted here as well at the end of the reading that uh, in verse 25, Elizabeth says, God has shown favor and taken away our disgrace among the people. There was a personal sense of struggle. There was a, a social sense of, of struggle. It was difficult. It was a difficult thing. And so they receive or have that sense of waiting. They are calling on God, but it seems there is no answer. And that's a reality at times, too. It seems there is no answer. Sometimes even in that, to recognize that, that God hears and that God's plan is greater than what we might just specifically desire. But that is very difficult. There is a sense in the account here that Zechariah might, as he is, is offering incense, that he might bring this personal request again before God. The story uh, outlines how there were many priests who worked in the temple. Uh, they did many things. They took care of the sacrifices. They brought water and, and made sure all the cleansing rituals were taking place. They brought wood, made sure the altar was, was with fire, and they took the ashes away, and they did all kinds of work. Lots of priests involved in this daily work. And so it was, it was a high privilege assigned by Lot, verse 9, to actually take the incense and go into the presence of God and stand before the most holy place and to offer this incense. And there is a sense that, yeah, Zechariah is old, that he hadn't done this before, that he might have been waiting to do this. Very special, very, very uh, lovely part of the service. And, and that he receives this uh, opportunity at this time. So... So God provides that for him. And as he is there, very close, the closest a priest can get to God in the sense that he would offer the prayers of the people, absolutely. But that he would add, Lord, hear my prayer. Beautiful. 
but he has this longing, this desire before God. We need to realize that as Zechariah is there, near to God, he is assured that God is near. And there is a sense that, that as, as we too, in our, in our wondering, in our longing for things, that, that God speaks to us, even as he does to Zechariah here in Luke 1, verse 13, with beautiful, comforting words uh, through the angel, uh, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. So God is there. God does hear. And for us, even to look back on our lives, like we might have things we are waiting for now, no doubt. But how about two, three years ago? Did God work in things? Well, yes, he did. How about even 10, 20 years ago? Was God faithful in many ways? Yes, he was. And so that sense of looking at our lives, our personal prayers, of, of taking that confident hope that God is there, he continues to hear. He continues to work. So God is at work even in our waiting. And there is a sense here that, that God draws near to us even as we draw near to him. Zechariah got as close as he could to God. And if we continue to in our waiting, in our hoping to draw close to God, that's, that's where strength lies. That's, that's the beautiful center that we have God with us. So what are we lo longing for? What are you longing for deep down? What are you praying for, for yourself, for your loved ones? The specific things. This morning, God assures you, he hears. He hears you. And as you draw near to God, that he is near you. That's the wonderful comfort that we see here as Zechariah offers the prayer and God responds with a beautiful response. Finally, there's a sense of waiting in the larger context, God's redeeming plan. This whole temple service is part of, of the work that God established to take away sin. This is the service, the place is the temple where God has, has told people to come, bring your offerings, offer the incense, and I will forgive your sin. This is a constant in Israel. The incense and the offerings were constantly brought, and they they recognized too, in this, God was working to overcome sin in the world, sin in their lives, sin, the fallen condition that they were in. The sacrifices were a sign, though, pointing towards a greater one who would, who would be a savior, the sacrifice to take away all sin. And so there is in that bigger picture even as it says in verse 5 that Herod is king of Judea, the, the injustice of that. There are realities that, that 
Israel has been unfaithful and there have been struggles there. And so all of that reality, sin and evil, the ruin and misery that the people experience, even as a nation, all of that is here with the people waiting, God, free us. God, save us as a nation. God, restore us as your special people. Send a Savior, the Messiah. So the people are waiting here, and the temple service goes on here in, in terms of that hope as a nation. Do you know how long it's been? How long they've been waiting? Luke and the other Gospels, they, they pick up the New Testament. The Old Testament ends with the book of Malachi, right? You have the whole Old Testament history, and you have the book of Malachi. And then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, start with the life of Jesus. How, how long is it between there? How many years? 400 years. 400 years. They've been waiting. And, and do you give up? Do you, do you, oh, forget about the temple, forget about the incense, forget about the offerings. God is not here. No, they have waited 400 years. And here they continue to gather in the temple. They continue to offer the sacrifices. They continue to offer prayers to God to hear and help. That's a confident waiting. That's a, a sure hope in a God who is faithful, a God who said he would send a Savior and he would restore his people. So we have that as this first chapter of Luke. You think, oh, it's all just been going along and it's been a few years and now here's Jesus. No, it's been 400 years. So the sense of, of God fulfilling his purposes and the words of the angel to Zechariah show that, that big picture. Verse 15, where it talks about John. Oh, John will be a, a delight for you, verse 14, and, and you will rejoice in his birth, but, but it'll be greater. It'll be the whole thing I am doing, I am restoring, I am preparing a way, verse 17, for the people to receive the true Savior, Jesus Christ. And Gabriel mentions his name, not because uh, he's showing off or anything, but his name means the power of God power of God is entering in and this will take place and so that reality of God responding working out his saving work is what is highlighted here God is present God is near God is working out his will and his way in his time Romans 5 verse 6 at just the right time when we were powerless Christ died for the ungodly. Gabriel, God comes with power when we are powerless. And with the candle lighting, it was read, Galatians 4.4, 4, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. God is at work. God is right on time. We are, we are waiting, thinking, what is he doing? Why isn't he doing what we want him to do? God is at work. God is working things out very well. Also, 2 Peter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. 
He is patient with you and me, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is doing that saving work in us and in this world. And that's the central hope that we have. Our hope, our trust in waiting is in him. So as we wait, we want to do that humbly. We want to do that trusting. We want to be confident in our hope in God. The Christian life is one of waiting with hope because God is near. Do you have that sense? That's the sense of Advent to regain that sense in the routines of our lives. God is near. In the deeply personal things of our lives, to be reminded again, though it can be difficult, God is near. And to be in that larger context, God's saving work is being worked out as we celebrate the coming of Jesus, that we have that hope. We wait in hope confidently, even as we trust in God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can put our trust in you again this morning. We thank you for reminding us, even as you reminded Zechariah and the people of old, of your presence and power, and in our lives as well, Lord, each one here, that we would wait in that confidence of knowing you watch over our lives, you forgive us our sins, you guide us by your word and spirit, and Lord, that we can wait on you in all things. Lord, we entrust ourselves to your gracious care in Jesus' name. Amen.